1: is bruce this is trav and this is jonathan welcome
0: to gaming on the frontier your podcast of going out for a fun fun time and finding you're in the middle of a horror show or jurassic park or I both. Know what you did last summer
2: and it wasn't the <laughs> tilt-a-whirl was it
0: <laughs> anyways welcome to gaming on the frontier this week we are talking about uh, follow up on a subject we talked about a little earlier, which were called to Entertainment Worlds. And uh, this was uh, for any of the more science fiction-y type. But, it, you know, really, it could take place in modern day because we've seen movies about people who set up really weird theme parks and stuff like that. And then, you know, which are all so much fun. And then something terrible goes wrong. You know whether something you know it they built it over top of an ancient uh, uh, Aztec burial ground or uh, you know I mean can you imagine anybody who's seen the most recent uh, Ghostbusters can you imagine if they had built a theme park over top of that uh, or around that mountain resort Oh, that geez. They, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, it's so, anyway,
1: fun so, with the the laughing and the clowns, and then there's the blood and the screaming.
0: Yeah. And uh and, and it is, that's not can- cotton candy.
1: <laughs> anyways, it's, that's not strawberry cotton candy, honey. <laughs> the staffel um, trying to figure out what it could be now.
0: Right, right. So (laughs) what we're talking about, you know, so last time we talked about all the different kind of rides and all the kind of different things you could do with it. And now we're going to talk about how those kinds of places can really, really go bad. Okay, so, um, you know, and, and the adventure that, you know, for you to run You know, now, uh, I don't know what system you're using I have been very, very unsuccessful in my turn time About creating, you know, uh, running horror uh, show, You know, horror episodes, horror campaigns and things like that uh, I've used Dread, we used a few other things We have a whole podcast on, you know, creating, you know, uh, doing horror and what it takes so a lot of people aren't prepared to have their characters that exposed, you know, that lacking in resources and things like that. So sometimes it's more of an actioneer, like Jurassic Park or Aliens, you know, or a number of other things. So uh, anyway, so we're um, uh so what we uh so when we talk about, you know, this, okay, you know, Jonathan is gonna is gonna take over now and he's gonna start talking of telling us how these perfectly or at least appearingly innocent of uh entertainment worlds or entertainment sites and stuff like that can begin to rad you know can radically turn for the
1: worse. So Jonathan. So we know that the, the termellar in, in the in the Commonwealth, if we're we're in referring to fringeworthy were excellent engineers, excellent builders, and they could build to last. But even a thousand years is going to take its toll on on something. So the first thing that came to my mind when, when thinking more about this topic were you're gonna have some of these entertainment worlds that are just just this side of the line of like your, your nature preserves where, you know, it's honestly going to be like the the Commonwealth version of Jurassic Park. You're going to have the wild animals out running around. The more dangerous ones are probably going to be, you know, cordoned off where you can view them through safe, you know, hidden machinery or hidden walkways. Uh, but the safer ones, they're probably going to have a petting zoo. You know, hey, mommy. Hey, daddy. Can we go to... D- the, the Jurassic World and, and pet the pet the Tyrannosaurus or, well, the, the Triceratops?
0: Yeah, the, well, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, when it comes out of the egg, is probably not terribly dangerous.
1: Probably true, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the baby They pet grow pet up, pet. yeah. Yeah, they're really and cute. That baby and baby cute dinosaur
0: up. now might, uh, re- might be a little bit more dangerous.
1: Yeah. So the first thing that came to mind would be just these, the, the safety features on some of these, like I said, nature park worlds. Just going... Down and uh, you're pretty much you're talking Jurassic Park. It's your safety features are gone, and the wild and dangerous predators are now free to roam the park. But since your park is probably a planet-sized entertainment venue, yeah,
2: again, it's fringe-worthy. Yeah, the inmates are now running the world asylum.
0: Yeah, right. You know, and and the more high-tech that you make your world, the more likely that you're going to be getting. You know, you're gonna keep making that edge between safety and non-safety tighter and tighter. So, like for example, let's say you're you're able to go into an area with a lot of predators, all right? And you're walking around, you can see them, and you know, and and a lot of predators, especially like giant dinosaurs and monsters and things like that, they. They ignore, they would ignore something the size of a human. Okay. We're like one mouthful. You know, they're out looking for dinner. They're not looking for a snack. So they might very well just ignore you, especially if you hunker down a little bit or you're wearing some kind of camo gear and stuff like that. But, you know, a wise tour operator is going to have it so that, you know, if somebody, you know, if if by any chance they do take notice of you or something, they come, or if they're accidentally going to stomp you just because you happen to be in the way. That there's going to be some protections, like maybe there's a force bubble that'll suddenly come up and protect you. Okay. Maybe you'll get instantaneously transported to another location nearby. Okay. Maybe you just literally fly up into the air out of their range. All right. But if those devices aren't on your person, but applied by the park itself and they're not working anymore, then, you know, you're, you know, all, meanwhile, you know, you, the, the computer system is like, oh, it's completely safe. Don't worry. All of our, He's fine. Come on in. Come on. So, and and you could be in some real danger and not realize how much danger you're in.
1: Oh, you know, come on in. It's all safe. Look, you can fly over the dinosaurs. Just think happy thoughts.
0: Right. Except that either A, the, you can't fly over the dinosaurs, or B, the uh, altitude, uh, you know, the you know setting has somehow slipped a couple of decimal places, and now you're flying too low. And
1: you know, it's
0: like <laughs> you're not actually out of reach of a motivated dinosaur. Uh,
1: or, or the pterodons have uh, escaped their enclosure and are now free to roam the entire Yeah, world. yeah, that's oh, the right. one I
2: was thinking of,
0: yeah. Right. Well, okay, I've been down to places like Gator World or Gatorland, okay, and that's down in Florida. And I've also seen them actually, uh, there were some ones along uh, on the route going down to uh, Texas and uh, Padre Island. Uh, and uh, they, they they like to entertain people. People come in, they'll go and pay it a fee, and you get to this one spot where you're basically around this uh, alligator, crocodile enclosure, and they're in the water. You're, you're looking at them, stuff like that. And this guy goes, and he gets up on top of this big ladder, and he goes out, and he, and he uh, uh, takes a uh, uh, a chicken, you know, like a, 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 a roaster. You know, that, uh, this thawed and he just goes and he runs it out on a. Hook, you know, hanging out over the gator pool, and you're like, okay, what's the point of that? <coughs> you're 14 feet, you know, above the water. How could this possibly matter? You know, these, you're looking at the gators. It's like this not happening. And then all of a sudden, this gator just comes flying up out of the water and bites the chicken right off the line and drops down to water. This huge splash of water, and everybody in coast goes whoa, and lots of applause and things like that. What they don't tell you is the fact that a gator can take its tail and cut and press it against the bottom of the of the shallow water that they're in and force itself up, you know, because initially its its body weight is completely supported by the water. It just force itself straight up and give itself an amazing amount of momentum. Enough that the thing doesn't completely fly out of the water but definitely gets 14 feet up out of the water and so you know there's a lot of cases where you might think that something is like way out of range of you and
1: in fact is that's not true if you can see it you're in range
0: yeah,
2: yeah. Oh yeah. no, there there's been videos of, you know, people walking by like, you know, uh shores and swamps and just these gators are just below the surface and all of a sudden, hi, you have a gator right next to you. It's time to run. And I'm just like, yeah. "Why are you there?" To get out.
0: <laughs> yeah. A gator can uh, a, a, or a crocodile, you know, uh can outrun a horse for a short distance. They can outrun a cheetah for a short distance. Okay. And there's been lots and lots of cases Where uh, where alligators and crocodiles Have just roared up out of the water And grabbed a horse, a zebra Or something else along those lines And just bit onto it And they do a fun thing Where they basically spin And just, you know, and uh, Yeah, de- and they, the they, death they, roll
2: Yeah, their death roll they do, Well, yeah. it,
0: when they do the spin They take off limbs
2: Oh, yeah, yeah and,
0: and they'll do that with humans, too As a matter of fact You know, one poor native You know, so I'm just saying is that you know these things are you know they they show no mercy you know they, not, it, they're you are just dinner and they're just doing their job feeding you know feeding themselves feeding their feeding their babies when they hatch you know whatever so yeah uh, or picking you up carrying you back to the nest for for a host of of very uh, dangerous babies you know can peck you to death so that happens too uh, so. Yeah. Uh, giant animal uh, ent- entertainment worlds, uh, or even small ones, they have like, you know, uh, herd instincts and, you know, they, they attack in packs. Those things are, you know, can s- just come out of nowhere because as you've played Fringeworthy, you know, the meller attack in packs. The least meller are a pack animal.
2: Yeah, yeah. The So least they don't the yeah.
0: attack it up. Uh, up to 200 at a time, you know, and sometimes more, but mostly it's around, you know, 50 to to 200, and that's more than enough to chew their way through a a stone wall, you know, uh get into a vehicle by just pre- pre- pretty much dismantling it. Uh and um, yeah, yeah. I'm
1: imagining <laughs> I'm imagining a, a world of gremlins now.
0: Well, gremlins at least are in te- oh, you're talking about the the ones from the movie?
1: Yeah, yeah, the 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 semi I mean, even if they're not intelligent, I mean, I would probably, if I did include them, I wouldn't I, have. I thought they tell- were intelligent. They are in the movie, but I would, if I were using them, they would not be intelligent. <laughs> okay. They would just be like Melor. They were just running at you with their tiny little legs and their long arms with claws and just tear you to shreds.
0: And, and have have the strength of a, you know, a uh, oh, uh,
1: of a chimpanzee
0: that, you know, in, that, oh, yeah. that, that has been recorded to uh, have a pull strength of 2,000 pounds uh under certain circumstances
1: yeah that's a lot of
0: rending power
1: rip an arm out of a socket oh
0: yeah yeah
2: Yeah. that's why um oh god michael jackson bubbles the chimpanzee i guess attacked him or attacked somebody and they had to have him put down it's because yeah chimpanzee you think yeah it's you know this no 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 they they yeah i heard what a chimpanzee can do yeah
0: well they're they're sweet until they're not well yeah you know and and all baby animals are cute you know, and 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 a lot of them want to be cuddled and things like that. That's fine, but when they grow up, just like humans, sometimes they're they turn mean, <laughs> and uh, or they they try to assert dominance. And you don't know how to, you know, since you're not that species, you don't know how to present submission to the creature, and so it does what it has to do in order to exert dominance on you, which may be killing you. It's all misunderstanding
2: they're not evil they're just misunderstood no no
1: <laughs> either way you're still dead yeah right uh, all right any other ideas but uh, the the kind of that that led the next idea that kind of led out of this was um when you have like because the the term the term and other advanced races probably going to love showing off their like genetically engineered genetic engineering and and they're achievements in that so one i think one of the things we referred to in a a previous episode was like you could have a true disney world where they can create actual talking animals and you can walk through and on you know visit these worlds that have shown up in disney or other like cartoon settings and you know talk with the animals yeah
2: i think also just the termel are gonna see oh let's see what happens when you know we put you know, this, oh, an octopus with this, you know, and yeah, you know, and so, yeah, a lot of it, it's going to be just, look what I did.
1: And the particularly impressive specimens might, you know, go on display somewhere. And depending on, you know, how careful they've been with their research and, and experimentation, some of these things might continue to mutate if not taken care of and monitored for a thousand years.
2: Well, that's just evolution. Well, a thousand, well, a thousand
1: years. Yeah, that's there. the thing, yeah. Yeah, my wife said the same thing when I was talking to her about it. It's like, you know, with a thousand years, like, eh, a thousand years ain't much for a lot of evolution. you got some room, but not a lot. But if you're talking about a, a genetically engineered race that might already kinda the the, the DNA might be kinda already kind of iffy. Yeah,
0: yeah. If, well, yeah, that's a good term. Iffy. Yeah,
1: a thousand years might be a little bit more room.
0: Yeah. Or if you have some kind of uh, computerized, you know, breeding um, you know facility that's run by a now crazed ai mm. that might decide to you know these people aren't being um challenged by these let me go and you know
2: raise it up tweak it a little yeah
1: this is um, supposed to be a, a a game world and and they're, right. these are supposed to be the level level 10 mobs and they're just yeah
0: yeah let's let's up their aggression you know let's tweak their brains a little bit you know up their aggression let's let's pump some more you know um uh, you know let's slap some some uh Combat drug packs onto them so they're 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 in, they're not feeling the pain anymore and they're you know they're not feeling any kind of uh, exhaustion or anything else like that and
1: maybe throwing uh, some laser and,
0: eyes and, 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 and let's let's up their their uh, hunger index so that they're they're really really hungry. <laughs> so <laughs> and yeah well it, it laser eyes so basically the
2: AI is there like Doctor Evo I want sharks with freaking laser beams out of their
0: eyes. Right. Well, if you really feel like they're not being challenged, then you might actually start arming them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and so yeah, you could you could do some stuff like that. Sure. You know. Um, and uh, so just because you know you just weren't you know making it interesting enough. You know. And there was a uh, 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 I don't know if it met, I mentioned this before on the podcast, but I'm not sure of this on the the one we did about uh, these entertainment worlds. But there was a book I read where uh, the uh, the they were sending people out to be uh, uh, colonists, were actually like preliminary colonists on, on these worlds. They sent one person, okay? And they sent a robot with them as a helper. And they sent the most pathetic person they could find because they wanted this, you know, this... this if this person could survive on this alien world, then they knew that the regular people can Because if all you do is send your A team, you know your Delta Force types, yeah, they're gonna, gonna, they're gonna, you know, brush off a plague or they're gonna, you know, fight off a horde of of uh, velociraptors, no problem, okay. But your average person, no, no, we want we want colonists to be able to come and not have to worry about the environment killing them, okay. So they, what they did was they sent this guy who was really pathetic. I mean, you know, it's you know, it's basically a, a pre you know, drug Steve Rogers and uh, you know, who really just wanted to succeed at all but really didn't know how to do it. And, and as he's there and bad things are happening, he's scraping himself up, all the things you expect. the robot's very helpful all right. But then things start happening. The robot starts making mistakes. The robot stops, starts bumping into him and, and knocking him down and getting him hurt. And stuff like that and he finally realizes that as time has gone on he's become more uh capable of dealing with the environment and the the challenges he's learned how to survive better and so he's fallen outside of his baseline and the robots trying to make up for it by okay by becoming less helpful and even sabotaging his efforts so becoming
1: a drain on his success
0: (laughs) Right, right, just because, you know, they want to make sure on the long term whether he's still going to be able to succeed. So he's like, okay, I don't like this. And he he basically, you know, kicks the robot off a mountain. The robot does not die. He realizes later on the robot's not dead. But it's been months. He's like, all those—and basically, according to the robot, nothing— is. He has done nothing wrong for the last four months, which means there's a really big load, uh, a backlog of things that need to happen to this guy to bring things back into the, <laughs> into the right level. Okay. And he says, if this robot reaches me, I am a dead man. So in the end of the story, is all about him trying to basically, you you know, kill the robot. Yeah. Okay? So, and I'm just saying is if this sort of thing is, it has happened where they, you know, they've inadvertently, you know, they're collecting, you know, so many things are supposed to happen, a- accidents or incidents or things like that. Just like you want your um, uh, your coin machines to pay off in a, in a casino, you want certain exciting incidents to happen in your amusement part, right? But then, you know, if, if nothing's happened for a long while because there hasn't been any customers, but it's still been running, then maybe there's a backlog, and suddenly you know, the AI is like, "Oh, finally, okay, so let's let's just double up, triple up on these these things to get this backlog done," uh, uh, and, and all of a sudden you're facing. These enormous challenges that you were there were never supposed to be facing in a place like an entertainment world, and you're like, what kind of, you know, uh, what were they called, Dorsi. What kind of dorsai co- uh, civilizations were coming to these worlds to have a good time? You know, is is this like Planet Orc, you know, uh, entertainment or something? That
1: reminds me of the um, the the video games uh, Left for Dead had the director AI, which yes only would just just make sure that you every time you had a major, you know, intense moment in the game, it would let you take a break for a little bit and let you collect your nerves. And then it would throw a horde at you mm-hmm. whenever it felt that you had, had had it easy long enough.
0: Yes. Yes. And, and see, you know, and, and it completely thwarted people like me who likes to get up on the top of, you know, s- towers and clear out an area, <laughs> you know, and, and and then move through the area in safety. It's like, oh no! As soon as you move in that area, suddenly they come from who knows where. They're coming out of the sewer grates. I don't know. They're coming from somewhere. They worked there a second ago, and it was the director doing that to me, and I hated that.
1: That <laughs> <laughs> actually so. reminds me of another horror game, Alien Isolation. Had uh, mm-hmm. two AIs that would kind of kind of cooperate. You had the alien itself, and it had its own AI where it would hunt for you, and look for you. But then there was another like director AI that knew where you were and would tell the alien, Hey, they're over here somewhere. Yeah. You need to concentrate your search in this area. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, uh, uh,
0: you know, I mean, I, I've seen some, I've seen people do playthroughs of that and that, that, you know, that would, that just would make you ill, uh, uh, uh you know, uh, from stress because, you know, mm-hmm. cause <laughs> lots of times you're literally hiding under a table. And the AI is walking all around you and they just walk away. Okay. And you're like, oh gosh, yeah. Okay. The next time you try doing that, the alien gets you. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay?
0: Or the first time. I'm just saying is it's random. Sometimes the alien looks under the table. Sometimes it doesn't. Why am I... Why am I reminded of the old Bugs Bunny
2: cartoon where every time they try to hide, the parrot, woo, woo, whew, whew, he's over here, he's over here. <laughs> Hides somewhere much. else. <laughs> that, I- yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hides again. And, whew, he's over here, he's over here. That, yeah. yeah, that would get annoying playing a game like that where you got, where you just, you have someone helping your enemy and you're just, no, that, that, I don't see how that's enjoyable.
1: No. I think it, <laughs> it had a similar thing where, you know, if the alien left you, if, if. If the director sent the alien to your location and it couldn't find you, the director would leave you alone for a little bit. And but you could also trigger it early by, you know making exceptional noise or something like that. i I, I don't know the specifics. I haven't played the game myself. I've only read about it, but that was my impression. But that's the thing that could happen in one of these like, you know, entertainment like especially like a game world type uh, park where you know, you're playing a, action survival game and the ai has decided yeah you know what it's we've got this backlog of uh, bad events that need to happen hey look new players all right clear out the backlog yeah and which kind of brought me to the next idea of just in general the, the robots going wrong you know they haven't been maintained for a thousand years or more they they might have been programmed specifically to you know it's like a customer service droid and they haven't had a customer in over a thousand years
2: oh no there's worlds in the uh the portals books where i, I think there's an amusement park world and there's one of like 1950s america but it's all androids and they like try to feed you bad food and stuff or they try to make you comfortable upon penalty of death you know what i mean they just the, and, and I think they're both primes and I, I forget what the worlds are. I remember seeing them in my big blue binder I print everything out but yeah basically these robots have just their their data streams have become corrupted after a thousand years and it's not it, it's not like your idea of oh we have a backlog of bad events it's just after a thousand years of not misuse but non use <laughs> non-use neglect yeah they're gonna just their their purposes are changed.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Remember, in 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 you know, the big system delivered all kinds of parts and things like that from manufacturing facilities to places like this. So a lot of these robots might actually end up not having any replacement parts, and they might start cannibalizing each other, and not necessarily exactly the same ones. Now, yeah. if you, it, you know, we always like to think of AIs as being monolithic kinds of things, but maybe they're not. Maybe they're like. It's it's more of a uh, a collection a congress let's say of AIs a choir of AIs within the robot that all are supposed to work in unison with each other and support each other but they have different but they you know they have different directives and especially different robots have different directives so you know uh, you start taking some parts from a different type of robot plugging it in to replace the part that's not working in, in this robot, suddenly you have a new AI with a new directive somehow changing things, which is, of course, the basis for Star Trek, the motion picture, Veger, you know, yeah. Nomad, uh, yeah. back from the original series. They just basically they, they search throughout the galaxy, finding life and sterilizing it, <laughs> <laughs> which was instead seeking out... You know, the life through the galaxy, you know, sterilizing the the, the the collection containers and then filling them with that life for analysis.
2: I'm, I'm thinking of two things here with this whole thing about the uh, cannibalizing parts and the AIs with the different objectives. The cannibalizing parts, I see it now. You go to this, oh, look, we've made a world based on 1950s... North America, and the typical American family, the mom, the dad, the brother and sister, and the dog. Well, guess what? Mom and dad and the kids start breaking down after a while. And after a while, you're seeing parts from the dog on dad. So you see dad there with his, you know, clean-cut hair, and he's smoking his pipe. And all of a sudden, you find out one of his ears kind of looks like Rover. And the mom, you got, you know, well, the arm fell off, so she's just got, like, the front leg of the dog as her left arm while she's trying to act like she's serving dinner. The kids both look like, yeah, they've got, like, dog's eyes and the girls got the... I can see that happening. And as far as talking about the the separate AIs, it kind of reminds me of the role-playing game from Palladium Books, Splicers, where it was uh, robots were taking over humanity and kept them in, like, parks. And so the AI ran the world. And more and more politicians started putting in their own objectives with their own agendas and everything. And the AI, after a while, just fractured it had seven different personalities because of just oh look you know we well we wanted to do this and i wanted to do this and this this faction of the government wanted to do this and after a while it just snapped and said oh no humans are the vermin yeah vermin control no no let's take care of these these nasty humans that spread all over and cue smith humans are a disease speech from the first matrix movie so yeah just with with what you were saying there bruce it reminded me of those two things but oh no i see that you go to these worlds and they have the robots and all of a sudden they start falling apart after a thousand years yeah they'll start cannibalizing the other robots so these worlds if you're thinking why well why would the Termelon make you know the american dad and he's got dog ears wait a minute
1: <laughs> are we on another disney world yeah
2: yeah it's like that is the worst rendition of goofy i've ever seen yeah
1: well, the something else that I reminded, I remembered was that you know some of these theme park worlds could have been inhabited when you know the proverbial poop hit the fan. So you might have had some of these uh, robots and and AIs reprogrammed by survivors. Well, just trying to to to, to survive and and defend themselves. Right. And not doing it right.
0: Yeah, we
2: did mention in the first one, I do remember this, about um, the big system gets shut down, and these people are around these worlds, and all of a sudden, and they're trapped there. And you would have these cultures that are living on after a thousand years, they are the great, you know, the, the far removed descendants of those uh, left stranded. So. Yeah, they they would have their own culture, they'd be fighting the robots. I think we did touch upon that in the last, I'm not right. sure.
0: Well, it it could be worse than that. Okay, it could be that, you know, now that they're no longer connected the way they were, you know, they're not immortal like they once were. Okay, they don't have the support that they need. And yeah. so you got people who are facing, you know, the dying, and someone comes up with the idea says, "Well, hey, there's all these robots." let's figure out a way of putting our brains, either uploading our, our brains into these robots or, you know, put creating a biological capsule with our brains in the robots so that we can continue to live until we're rescued. And then they can like clone us new bodies and things like that or whatever. And, and they're like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. And, and they do this, okay, with, you know, with, with let's say originally what seemed to be good success but then again, as these ro- uh as time goes on, people live a thousand years and you know uh in, in bodies that really aren't purpose built for them. Yeah. And then they start having to uh, cannibalize possibly other people who are in bodies because they're running out of parts and you know, you get you kind of get a little uh uh the, uh, the uh Lord of the Rings, uh, not Lord of the Rings. I'm sorry, um, Lord of the Flies. Uh, Lord of the Flies. Yeah, <laughs> going on here, and uh, because in Fallout, uh, in the Fallout Four game, they actually have an entire uh, uh, underground complex that was this this entirely occupied by robots that had the with robot brains in them. Okay, and people basically had their brains put in these robots to wait out. The disaster and then come 200 years later, you know, and things have gotten a little weird in that place. You, know, There's actually a murder mystery that you're supposed to solve, you know, and, uh, you know, so I'm just saying is that you have a bigger world, you have, you know, thousands of people like this, you know, and all the other bad things that are happening just adds another level of, uh, of more craziness because, you know, people go crazy for a lot of reasons and, and, uh, you know, finding yourself, you know, constantly in, in, in an alien body uh, is probably one we have no idea how bad that would be.
2: Well, yeah, if you were, uh, you know, a human consciousness and all of a sudden you wake up and you look you're like, you know, one of the aliens from The Simpsons that's in the Halloween episodes every year. Yeah, uh-huh. that would that would make a person snap because, wait a minute, where are my fingers? Where are my hands? Why is my skin green? Why do I have one eye? My my yeah. sensorium is different. Yeah,
0: And maybe you're okay with it for the first 50 years. Okay. You can deal with it. You know, I'm, I'm... but then after that, you just get tired of dealing with it. <laughs> Always feeling like you're in the wrong body. Yeah. And, and you start getting a little bit,
1: get a little bit cranky. I want my <laughs> legs back. Yeah. I miss my legs. You have perfectly
0: good human legs. Give me, give me, give me.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Especially if they're like running around in, like, say, bio-droids, that could repurpose living tissue and then just incorporate it.
0: Oh, okay. I'm not quite sure I understand what you mean by a bio-droid. Can you be a like, little
1: more... Like, it's it's pretty much a, a living flesh body, but, like, say, like, the nervous system is artificial, but it can still integrate with regular flash. So if they lose an arm, you know, normally they would probably just clone another arm for it, but it could it could take yours and use it. I'm kind of
2: reminded of the VESH from FTL, where they had snap on parts like, oh look, we need to repurpose this arm. Okay, remove the old arm, put a new arm on. Yeah. That's the kind of the vibe I'm getting from what Jonathan's talking about. The that one race from FTL twenty four forty eight, the VESH.
0: Yeah. Well they had all kinds of parts that they could attach as needed
2: yeah yeah it's just these robots are looking your parts look nice come here no no you're
0: going to come here. I like I your, love eyes. your eyes. Can I have them? Can I yeah, have them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, great minds thinking a lot. Hey, hey. mm-hmm. But yeah, the robot's gone feral.
2: Yeah, that's it. It could be for a lot of reasons. It could be design parameters have changed to the environment, lack of interaction, and just, yeah, something corrupting the data stream. Something could go wrong with the world itself. And they've had to adapt. Like, let's say this world in the thousand years, I don't know tectonic upheaval starts and you've got now a totally different world like a new continent rose up or you know and you know flooded oceans so yeah yeah, I mean there's a lot of things that can make these robots go completely off the rails as it were and considering oh yeah no it's supposed to be a robot of a of like a little girl yeah this little girl can rip your limb off like that the aforementioned chimpanzee or the aforementioned alligator yeah that's that's not going to be a fun trip no just no go back to the Welcome center yeah um
0: right and and a lot of these um you know again, if you're talking to mallern they love making tools and other things into furry critters, okay, and they're usually cute furry critters, so you're 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 facing you know basically uh evil ponies, you. <laughs> and other things like that you know where they look you know they, they, when you first meet them they're all going to be so fine they're going to be nice and sweet and and uh, cheerful and helpful and things like that and and then you know meanwhile you're they're slowly edging you toward the stew pot you know or you know or maybe they've decided that they they you know they Needs some new slaves, you know, or just maybe they're they're like humans. They like to pluck wings off of insects, and it's now your turn. I I you know I I haven't gotten in anything new for a while. Let me get into you. <laughs> so, but you It'll know, take you apart and see how you work. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or I've done this hundreds of times. <laughs> Somehow that's not reassuring. No, no, how
1: many were successful? Yeah, did
0: How many did? How many of them did you get back together again? Um. Um, it's like uh, yeah. I didn't think that was necessary. Yeah, uh, you know, we were just trying to find out how they worked.
1: Who <laughs> said we so, had to put them back together. Yeah, you know how yeah. hard that is?
0: That's so fun. It took me
2: all this work to take them apart. Now I got to put it back together. What kind of game is this? It's a game I don't want to be in. See ya. Where's the portal? Yeah. But yeah, the the, the but what yeah, robots and I mean we can use the term, you know, they could either be mechanical or like Jonathan said, biological, but just programmed organic beings. Kind of like the Zentradi, how they're, yeah, they're basically creche-born and, you know, tube-grown and downloaded with their information and they do whatever. And yeah, so we're, we're using robots as kind of a broad term here, folks. Um, but no, I mean, these... And, and still, I'm still thinking of like the depiction of this world over, you know, 200 nodes over and this was the family. Yeah, you don't know now you're coming there after a thousand years. You don't know if that's how they looked or (laughs) did they actually look like that? No, I think that's the ears off the family pet yeah because only the dad has the one weird ear you know things like that these and it even says I think in the uh where was it for the yeah one species amusement may be another's bafflement uh many of these for the arcades many of these machines are totally incomprehensible by primers and don't often come with instruction booklets yeah they're gonna come there and see these robots and they're all cannibalized and they may be thinking well it's the fringe pads these races could be like this out there you know just no they they took out poor fluffy yeah
1: they didn't take out fluffy they They've 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 made Fluffy an even more integral part of the family. Yeah,
2: they repurpose the family pet. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I feel I feel so unclean saying that just now.
1: <coughs> okay, but, what else you got? So those are the 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 main ideas I had as far as just sort of you know the the natural like theme parks gone bad or gone rogue. Uh, yeah. And I wasn't sure if you guys had any other like sources because yeah. the other ideas I had were more of like they might the theme parks that might seem like they're gone bad. But they're actually operating as intended.
2: They were made intentionally to, oh boy,
0: to
1: either scare you or challenge you right
0: and, and maybe they, they will rescue you at the end or maybe you'll find out it was all a virtual reality experience and you know dying just reboots you back to a safe place or uh, with, with a little bit of amnesia about how you just die and you just pick up where you left off. Like, you know, uh, but uh, one of the things I was thinking of is that you know, uh, you know, a lot of theme park worlds and entertainment worlds and such have all kinds of food choices, okay, and. Uh, And, of course, they they like to place these – you could go – you could basically get weird food, go home, get weird food at home, but then you're not going to have all the surroundings and things like that. So most of the time, you know, if you're in a really super high-tech culture, you want to go where The weird food is in its weird surroundings, and it's all one big thing, okay? So you go to these worlds, and, you know, either A, you know, they don't warn you – Properly that the food Is going to have Unexpected effects on you Or B, that's considered Fine for the, as you said, par for the course They're going to fix it later You know, like, um, going through Um, uh, Charlie the Chocolate Factory You know, oh, we'll just put her to Take the berry girl and put her in the squeezing room It'll Yeah, will be fine yeah. Yeah. Or, um <laughs> Yeah, or maybe, you know Like I said, they, it actually You know, it's, it's, uh uh You get scanned by some you know by some system at some point and it basically is trying to make you the best you can be and whether that you know and and it adds whatever bio genetic supplements necessary to turn you into the ultimate version of yourself okay and everybody's got mutant genes in them things like that so you know maybe you end if if you take it all the way to the farthest extreme maybe you end up with not being quite human anymore and this is going on too you know
2: uh, Oh, 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 oh! So I'm standing in line for an hour to get forced speciation. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I yeah, want my money yeah, back. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> And I'm not. Yeah.
1: Well, you always <laughs> yeah. wanted to be a termeron, right, yeah. right?
0: You know. Well, I mean, oh, you you wanted those bunny, you wanted those cat ears, right? Oh no. You know, and uh, all all your kids suddenly start sprouting cat ears. Yeah. Start acting. Start acting feral. Start me- meowing. And you're like you uh, know. Is, especially as they talk, you know, so, you know, how are you doing now? <laughs> You're like, what did you just do, Sally? <laughs> you say, Meow what?
1: <laughs> no, no. The meow well, game, you know, the- this daughter's already kind of doing <laughs> that. just you yes, yes,
0: I know. The players are already probably doing it. But what I'm saying though, is, is that, you know, the, um, uh, and like you, you eventually end, end up as something really weird. You know, by the time your your time there is done, and of course, you know, it may you may leave before too many changes happen. This may be something that continues as the campaign goes. Okay, this you know, <laughs> you slowly over uh, the following a dozen adventures, you may find yourself rad- getting new abilities, radically changing. You know, getting new appetites and other things like that. So these kinds of things can like leave these wonderful uh, Easter eggs. You know, in your life, that's going to come along with you. Okay, uh, you know, the and like I said, they it could be done for all the best reasons, except that the limiters that should be there, or the hey, uh, this is what we did for to you, and would you like to be changed back? You know, that part broke down. You know, and therefore we just skip that. <laughs> we just skip the the final undo, and you just walk off with the changes that they've they've set in place. Because that's the kind of entertainment world this is.
1: I can already see it now. Where it's it's a, it's an entertainment world about an like Atlantis. You're an underwater civilization, and so you're you're supposed to arrive there, and for the next six weeks, it's supposed to genetically, over time, slowly and safely alter you to breathe underwater mm-hmm. and give you you know merman you know like type you know webbed feet and everything so you can you know better maneuver in in under the ocean and but yeah. yeah unfortunately you know you get there you look around you don't see anything The 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 welcoming you know software is down so you don't know why you're there you just see a big the ocean, ocean may
0: have dried up it might have been artificial oh. in the first place
1: yeah and yeah so you go to leave because there's well there's nothing here anymore and you didn't take the the serum that's supposed to stop this process yeah Things oh. keep getting worse
0: or better depending <laughs> on your point of view <laughs> yeah,
1: i always wanted to be a fishman
0: yes you know maybe you maybe you are happy to get those uh those elf ears you know or those uh um you know maybe you, maybe you want to
1: be a centaur i've yeah, always maybe. wanted to be a little bunny girl there you are there you go
0: that's pretty that's a pretty radical change but i <laughs> i i support your decision <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I say, you start all of a sudden you start seeing these like changes to your hips, you know, and you keep finding yourself wanting to walk around on all fours, and then and then you know you you grow because uh, you know I'm, I'm just saying you know no one ever talks about the transformation uh, from a human because you know it, and we you, if you go on the internet you can see all kinds of different versions of centaurs. You know, there's the centaur where the, uh, the basically the front leg, uh, the, the back from basically the head down gets reproduced and just gets reattached at the hips. So basically you have a back, hips, back, hips. Okay. And you're a centaur that way. Okay. Or it's literally, it's like, you know, they a whole another animal just basically just grows out from your hips and, 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 you know, and converts over to, or, or, you know, basically from the waist down, you basically turn into a, to a horse. Okay. Or, you know, uh, and of course the most ridiculous one is the, is the head of the horse, the body, the torso of the human and the body of a horse and such, you know, and I've seen a lot of different versions and all those are possible. You know, if you're in one of these kinds of situations where something can just
1: have its way with you. Um, and, Whatever some mad geneticist thought up. Oh,
0: well, they just might graph you together, too. You know, I mean, they could just.
1: And yeah, they chop, don't have to even
0: do it just chop, Just chop you off at the, at the you know, uh, at the waist and just graph you right into a horse. And that, from that point on, everything that was main and up is gone and you're now you. And you're like, oh, look at me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hexapod. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's completely possible. Uh, you know, with some of these advanced grafting techniques, but if you're actually trying to produce, you know, and of course that would it would be interesting if you try to have kids at that point because you're going to produce horses, right? Uh... They're just grafting it. Another- yeah.
2: yeah, they're going to make these um, these changes, what do they call it? In genetics, dominant alleles, where yeah, you pass them on to your children. This is now you. Oh, great, yeah. And then of well, course, I'm
0: saying is, I'm saying is if you just graft your upper body to a lower body of an animal, that the, the part that has the, the has the you know the, the 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 germ cells, the germ cells, okay, that you know that's going to be for that animal, not for you. Your upper body right. parts, okay. You may feel all those parts. Okay, I mean, your your withers and your uh, you know, and your mane and your back and all that stuff. You still have all that feeling. That's all been grafted in, but the actual genetics are still from, this, from the from uh, uh, the 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 gifted animal part. Okay, so therefore, yeah, you're not going to be able to produce any more offspring unless you decide you want to produce offspring with others of that species. Yeah, so, yeah no, and, no. and, and they, they would they- be per- They would be perfectly normal, I would think, under those circumstances.
1: Yeah. But we won't talk too much more about that.
0: No, no. (laughs) But but I'm just saying is that, you know, it's. but if you actually did go through a, a a, a biomorphic process where your body literally got changed into the shape of a horse, like a centaur, okay, but you're still really still a human, okay, then that also means that if you had, you know, produced children with somebody, you'd end up having perfectly normal humans, children that may or may not, be centaurs, depending upon whether that biomorphic activity also targeted the germ cells.
1: Mm. So was, I would imagine for most of these, at least theme park worlds, it probably wouldn't. It would probably be, you know, a safety measure. That, you know, you're this is for while you're here. This isn't What's to go so- back home.
0: It's a lot of effort. I mean, you mean know, it's one thing to go and change things how they morphologically, how they look. It's mm-hmm. something else entirely to be able to, you know, literally purpose, purpose replace the DNA. Essentially, it's easier just to go in and replace the DNA in every cell than there is to to try, you know, uh, you know, than to do anything else. So because um, you're you're basically going through a developmental process for That body to do that, so you know, and, and of course, it could also be a completely a, a, a bio organic pro, uh, um, prosthetic that isn't even alive, it just seems like it's alive, you know.
1: Again, so, you're just a genetic or, or uh, organic robot,
0: yeah, you're just an organic robot there, you know, with your torso attached on the top, you know, which is real, you know, with the and and you, your body, your digestive system would feed that, that, um, uh, uh, that larger centaur bodies so you'd be eating a lot more yeah you would be a lot bigger uh but you wouldn't be eating hay you'd just be eating regular food just a lot more of it you know i'll have three uh you know triple decker cheeseburgers thank you very much where do you put it all and he just waves that tail around
1: (laughs) (laughs) where do you think
0: Says this slaps slaps those those haunches and say says these babies take a lot of a lot of fuel (laughs)
2: You know how they say the food goes to the hips? I need a lot of food to go
0: to these hips. Yeah. I Keep, need a lot of food to go to yeah, these hips. Yeah. break, break, a, break a lot break. of hips. Yeah. That's yeah. hilarious Trav. Thank yeah. you very much yeah. for that. Yeah. That's good. That's a good one.
1: All right. So, yeah. So, Back to you, Jonathan. So, <laughs> then yeah, going on from there to more of these like working as intended um the the one that came to mind were like horror parks because you know, every Halloween Everywhere around you, you get these haunted houses popping up.
2: Oh, no, and they're getting more and more just, um, matter of fact, this year. Uh, not far from me is the remnants of an asylum, Eloise. And if you are from the Detroit area, you know of Eloise. there are in Michigan and Merriman. And this past year, they turned it into a haunted attraction. And from what I heard, well, like, the VIP tickets to get in were 60 bucks. And, oh, yeah,
0: no, no, I was research- certain. Yeah, I researched. Those are it. behind the scenes ones, right?
2: Well, no, these are the ones where you don't have to wait in line. You buy, you go, oh, yeah, uh, oh, you're on oh, yeah. oh, you have this on your phone. Yeah, come on in. Meanwhile, the other people are sitting there, you know, freezing late October and waiting to get into this place, which uh yeah, El- no, I mean Eloise, there's like historical societies, there's ghost hunting groups that go through the one or two buildings that are left. It's gained quite a supernatural, paranormal, uh reputation and if you are in i mean as as a resident of the metro detroit area and with what i did in bureau 13 after all this time i'm surprised i have not brought up eloise as a thing a bad trap um but yeah these haunted attractions now are just getting more and more eloquent um not eloquent elaborate elaborate thank you sir elaborate and They're getting not just, oh, yeah, we just, you know, my friend Jimmy is doing... No, they're getting trained actors. I guess there are people who are... I guess they have, like, courses now where you can be a haunted house performer. And so, yeah, and I've noticed this over, like, oh, God, maybe the past 10 years, I've noticed this. The haunted attractions have just taken on a life of their own.
0: Oh, yeah, they have, they have like, whole stories that you're, like, forced to go through.
2: Oh, yeah, and... No, there, and and oh, actually, on my show, um, somewhere in Kentucky, was it? There are haunted attractions. You sign waivers.
1: Because, oh yeah,
2: because they go there to trigger.
1: Oh yeah, they're, oh they're... no,
2: this place doesn't play. I mean, it's come up twice in the past year on my show, and I'm just and and me and you know Z and Jeff are like, no, 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 no. If I gotta sign forms before I go in, no, just no. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the whole point is to make you break down and and want to leave and run away and, yeah. and forget getting to the end.
2: Yeah, where's just, the nearest exit? Yeah, so these.
1: What safe word do I need to use to get out of this?
2: Yeah, uh, it's either Arm and and those who know me will get this joke. It's either pineapples or Armageddon. Anyway, but no, um, no the and just okay. It's like think of all these haunted attractions that you're seeing now. How elaborate they've gotten and. It's now planet sized. Hi, you can go to one of one or up to eight portals to come in, and it's a different thing each time. And just and not
1: just planet sized, but we're talking the ultimate in technology. You want special effects? You got special effects. They're so yeah. special, you won't even know their effects.
0: Right. And, and like before, when you decided, you know, hey, I'm tapping out, you go over to a. Uh, uh, basically a, a safe little lounge where they would you know, come by and pick you up in a tram or something like that and take you back to the main place and you know douse you with cookies and hot chocolate and, and uh, you know, ice cream and whatever and, and, and you know massages and stuff to, you know, to get your, ha- yourself back to your happy place. That tram ain't coming as a matter of fact, is it as soon as you leave that safe place, you're back out in the same world you were just at. So now it's like, okay, we have a safe place, but we, we're stuck. we stuck. You know, the exit is like a thousand miles away. We have to make it to the next safe place. Gee, now sounding like, you know, uh, 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 left or dead again, right? Got to get to the next <laughs> safe room.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah. I mean, you know, the, all those terrible things are still out there. Going back, you, you know, he says, well, I know what's behind me. It's like, yeah, and they know you, but they know you too, so
1: it's like, you know, it's... They got a real good look at you last time.
0: This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them.
2: And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun.
0: Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts.